the logical, rational part of me that says, yes, this is why you're doing this, Sarah, so that at least there's one human in this group of four that can be calm. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 384. Today is a special on-air coaching session about how to be calm for toddler tantrums. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast, my friend. So glad you're here. If you're new, special, special welcome to you. And if you haven't done so yet, please hit that subscribe button. You never want to miss an episode. And if you get some value from the podcast, if it enhances your life, please go do me a favor. Go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. It makes such a big difference. It helps the podcast grow more. It just takes about 10 seconds. And I hugely, hugely appreciate it. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Mindful Parenting member Sarah, and we're going to talk about what do you do when your toddler is freaking out and how do you stay calm, right? What do you do? Oh my gosh, this is like, it's so close to home. But Sarah has a baby and a two and a half year old, and she feels overwhelmed when her toddler has some big emotions and she doesn't want to shame and blame him and she doesn't want to repeat the harmful generational patterns. So what to do. So join me at the table as I coach Sarah on this episode. Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you've taken bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful Parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. 
Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. So I'm so happy that you could come on and you're in the Mindful Parenting membership and I'm so excited to talk to you about that. And what we'll start just as we start all the coaching calls. What are your wins so far? Um, my wins that I'm enjoying meditation more than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah, that's sometimes we don't enjoy very much. <laughs> well, and I'm kind of a, a skeptic when it comes to that kind of stuff, if you will. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm surprised at, at uh, how much I'm enjoying it and wanting mm. to do it. So I miss it when I don't have opportunity when life gets crazy or whatever, That's you know? Cool. So, yeah. And how are you fitting it into your day? Um, normally what I do is is I fit it in with my morning prayer practice that I do. Um, so usually after I'm done that, then I do uh, the meditation. Um, or when my boys go down for a nap. So Awesome. Yay. Yay for that win. Woo, yeah. woo, woo. <laughs> That's a huge win because it, I mean, I, I, I know it makes such a big difference, at least in my life and what I know also from others in the research. How about you in your life? Are you noticing any effects? Yeah. And I mean, I notice it like just like if I don't do morning prayer, I notice it in mm -hmm. my life. Right. It's just mm -hmm. it's something that centers centers, centers me for my day. So when it doesn't happen. You know, you could kind of feel the instability going into the day already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a grounding practice. Like literally mm -hmm. we practice being grounded. We set an intention to be grounded Yeah. right away. We set an intention to stop and focus on what's important right away. And then that has an impact. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's so cool, Absolutely. Sarah. Any other wins? Any other wins? Uh -huh. I'm slowly but surely making it through my modules. Um, I feel like, uh, especially the number two one, I feel like, okay, like, we could spend like a year here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's good. Um, it's good okay. just to be able to to get through those and, and feel like you're winning every time you know you can say mark is complete, right? Yeah, so. yeah. You're like, cha-ching, red check mark. <laughs> Yay. It should have like some kind of, you know, um, bling or something like that where it goes ding or something, you know, like in video games. You can play know level. That would make it gamify even more. That would be super fun. Have a little like character dance or something. Yeah. I would do that if we could. I'm going to have to talk to my team about this idea. This is really a good idea. I don't know if you could do it in Kajabi, but whatever. <laughs> it would be funny if we could make it like we could do a little gif of like me doing it. You know how they have like the little gif? Yeah. I'd just be doing like a little dance and high yeah. five. That would right. be really funny. Right. <laughs> All right. So, so <laughs> some wins are enjoying meditation, making it through the modules. You're taking your time. You're really sort of sounds like I'm hearing you're being thoughtful about going through. Yeah, I just don't want to zoom through them and then say, I did it. Um, yeah. Although I, I yeah. do know I'll be going through it again and again. 
again. Hmm. For sure. Awesome. 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 And so now um, maybe you could just to give us some context, you can describe like your your family. Who are the uh, who 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 are we dealing with here that that drove you to mindful parenting? The other the <laughs> other players in my life. The other players in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I have a wonderful husband. Uh, we've been married three years and uh, I have two two boys, one two and a bit and one who's seven months old. Oh. So One's pretty new and the other one's definitely in toddler mode. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's um that's an intensive time to have a seven month old who's probably starting to like just like get, be really pretty mobile <laughs> and in a disconcerting way. <laughs> just starting to move off of his little circle area that I designated for him. I guess that's not gonna be a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And then two and a half, which is like, oh, two and a half, two and two and a half, two to like four. Man, they're just in such intensive ages. Uh-huh. Um, so much, so much happening there developmentally and, and then with us and all this stuff. So what um, and you you're working as an Anglican priest. So does that mean you are uh, part time at home Sundays? You're gone kind of what's the what's the lay of the land as far as like yeah so right now I'm working as an honorary assistant so basically mm. what that means is um they get all the benefits of my work but for free but I can kind of choose what I want to do and what I don't want to do so that's kind of nice uh part of the reason for that is we moved just recently and so um haven't been able to sort of apply for a position that sort of thing yet so um and then also, um, I'm on a leave of absence from my PhD program. So, mm. um, yeah, so I'm in this period of mat leave mm. trying to discern, do I want to go into full-time ministry or do I want to continue with my mm. PhD or what do I want mm. to do? So that's, that's where I'm at right now. What are you getting your PhD in? My PhD is in, in theology. Uh, and specifically, I am uh, looking at the relationship of uh, children's faith development as they relate to modern parenting practices. Oh, so hence why I know about your book. <laughs> you'll have to like when you're all done and you've done some all the, your research and whatnot. You'll have to like come back and we can talk all about that. <laughs> well, the, the thing that attracted me to your book was um, your emphasis right at the beginning. Like you, you can't just read and read and read and read. Like you have to be dedicated to the discipline of of doing something about it right and yeah. um and and this is sort of my emphasis too is you can sort of just assume that you know faith development is going to happen and affect change mm. of any in any sort of way um but that seems to be sort of the hardest part right is is instilling within parents especially that you need to be a partner mm. with them um, in there taking on that value of of your home, which would be faith or whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess kind of back in the day, a long time ago, right? Everybody would all kind of be in a community physically where everyone's in the same faith. And yeah. now that's not so. So it, no. it was much easier, of course, back in the day, because that's just what you did and what everyone thought and all the things, right? And so now it's it's very different. 
very different. You have to be much more intentional. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So I love all that. That sounds amazing. Um, And you're in a very cold climate. (laughs) The temperature outside today is shockingly, shockingly Shockingly cold. Shockingly. Shocking even for me. What do you, it's not a beanie. You don't have a toque on your head. I don't have a toque on my head in my house. (laughs) They call it a toque. Yeah. It's one of our Canadianisms. (laughs) Man, so cold. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Okay, cool. So this is Sarah in the family, toddler and baby, hubby, lots of cold, lots of beanies or toques. Uh, what are the challenges that are arising? Uh, the challenges for me, and, and of course this came about just as George was turning two, like I felt like at the beginning, it's like parenting, this is not so bad. Because they're, they can't talk back to you. They're less mobile. You have more control over them. And then they start becoming verbal and getting minds of their own. And then it becomes this whole new uh, can of worms. And um, yeah, so just, just realizing that this is not, this is not my son that is doing this to me, which is really hard for me to sometimes get my head around. 
because that's not how I was raised, right? It was always, you were doing this to me or you were causing this or, um, and therefore the, the responsibility, the ownership is put back onto the child, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I really wanted to take ownership and responsibility and say, no, this is me. This is not, my son is being my son. He's being two. He's being developmentally who he's supposed to be. Um, and, and trying to develop the skills, uh, to be able to, um, parent him in the, the best possible way. Um, so that he doesn't have to do all the therapy that I did. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit of therapy later. (laughs) Or maybe just a little. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, so, you were raised with a lot of blame. Um, sounds like kind of like blame and shame. We can go into that a little bit more. But can you describe what are the moments that are most challenging? Like what's happening with your son? Um, I think one is, because I'm also a control freak and I know this about myself, is, um, you know, when I feel like I can't control and make him do the thing that I want him to do, um, whether that's realistic or not um that pushes my buttons and then it can sort of get me to a point where it sends me off over the edge i'm also very sensitive to noise Mm. which is so i know that in a house with two boys that's going to be increasingly uh, more of a challenge for me um but it's just i get overwhelmed he could be doing just what kids do and I just find myself getting overwhelmed, um, and just and so you know, are are you feeling are you feeling your temper arise? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah, and and just not wanting. And then I think the other thing too is is just you know he is super. He's a boy, so he likes to you know be very physical, and he does like to hit and do those things too and so um just be like get out of my space for a moment and trying to do mm. that in a way that's calm mm. and doesn't make him feel like he's the bad guy um so you, you don't you you have a need for your own physical space and he's kind of he's coming in and i don't know climbing all over you and <laughs> yeah which i don't mind but then you know mm-hmm. occasionally you have a need so occasionally have it's up. just like okay i i don't want my glasses broken or my face scratched or my eye poked out or <laughs> you know all right so he's he's being two you're really recognizing it you know you're realizing i love what you said like this is not my son that is doing this to me this is this you know this is he's developmentally being too, he's exploring uh-huh. his world. He's playing in the ways he needs to play to be grow as a human being, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's exploring yeah. his he's growing physically and and he has he's loud <laughs> and he's he's physical and he's climbing on you and he's you know, and all of that sounds like is really can be very overwhelming for your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both my husband and I are very quiet introverted people and we have two very introverted sons or extroverted sons 
So <laughs> it's such a challenge for both of us. <laughs> We're just like, let's just sit and read a book quietly, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so maybe there's like a conflict of needs here as far as uh, we talked about that, that, um, you know, a need for that physical contact and also uh, maybe on his, your, your, your son's end and your end, a need for some some space to be mm-hmm. Sarah and to <laughs> calm your nervous system down and yeah. to, and to have those things. Okay. So what, um, what, so you have been on a leave of absence from your PhD. Um, what kind of self care space do you have in your, your situation with your kids? Um, in regards to like what I do or like where do I? Yeah, kind of like on a weekly basis. Like, are you with your two and a half year old and your seven month old like fourteen hours a day, six no, days a week? No, or are so, you? <laughs> <laughs> so because we're in Canada, we have um, child care subsidy. Um, which Hallelujah. listen to to this americans (laughs) (laughs) so thanks thanks to our our provincial and federal governments um you can also qualify for subsidies still when you're on mat leave you just have to fill out a, a special special needs form so um so we still qualify for that and it's great because we're in a time of transition in Mm -hmm. in our own Sort of family life because my husband took on a new position um, and started this fall, so he's teaching, and that's just consuming every ounce of him and every hour of his life. So um, it, it works out well that my son can go and be at day home for for almost a full day, not quite. Um, but you know, the morning and evening routines still generally fall to me, and then of course, um, sort of the division of labor in the household has all fallen to me as a result oh. of of this yeah. new job for my husband. So, hmm. you know, I, I know that this is part of, of just what's triggering me as well is that we're just, we're two exhausted parents. Um, hmm. And I'm trying to hold space for my husband to do what he needs to do to be successful in his new position. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's a lot. Uh, hmm. And, hmm. and having just to acknowledge that that's a lot. Um, I think there was a post, just today actually about you know asking for help in parenting um and acknowledging that we need a community and I know that even though one of like um my youngest doesn't go to day home and so I'm home with him uh, mm. all day um uh so even though I have that help sometimes I feel guilty sometimes I feel like I should have just both boys at home and I should be um you know doing it all kind of thing um and just recognizing that this is okay uh <laughs> and then it's at least one of us should be you know <laughs> have themselves mostly together <laughs> otherwise it would just be <laughs> complete chaos here <laughs> okay cool so so your two and a half year old goes to child care a, a fair amount you have regular uh-huh. breaks and you have regular reunions with him and you have mornings uh-huh. and the evenings with him and it sounds like but you're with your seven month old 24 hours a day seven days a week yeah uh-huh. except for right now i 
quantum Ex- off on the grandparents that could be here with you. <laughs> oh, mm. aha, aha. So there's grandparents in the picture. Uh-huh. Are they are they like really far away or is it fairly convenient for them to come they and are hang a out? 15 minute drive. Huh. So that's nothing for a Canadian. Super, <laughs> super close, which is a lot of the reason why we moved. We used to be in Ontario mm. and now we're a 15 minute drive instead of a four hour plane ride. That's amazing. Okay. So you, Sarah, are in the most intensive time. Are, are you having more kids? Do you know? Um, we're not sure if we're done or not. Okay. My husband, I think, is dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Oops, I think honey. I assume at the moment that, yes, two is the number. <laughs> okay, okay. But, like, with a two-and-a-half-year-old um, and a seven-month-old, you are in, like, the most intensive time, and you're getting overwhelmed. And that's not surprising because what I'm hearing from you right now is that you actually don't normally have – any time that is just Sarah time at all. Is that right? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, there's nap time when mm-hmm. when my youngest sleeps. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll take some time for myself during that time. Um, but sometimes it's doing the housework and the things that need oh. to be done. So okay. um, evenings after they're both in bed is, is kind of the time I'll take for myself. If I'm not super mm. exhausted, I'll do a workout. Um, it won't involve running outside because it's minus 31. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just, uh, t- um, I love, I'm a big hockey fan. Of course, I'm in Canada. So I feel like that's, I'm very st- stereotypical. <laughs> but uh, so I'll watch, I'll watch hockey in the evenings. And Okay. All right. So you have some downtime. I do, yeah. And you're doing your morning practice. So you have a lot of wins going on as far as your as far as is happening. Um but you 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 are, you know, you have a, a crazy, you know, we'll talk about some of the issues, but just kind of on the what I'm seeing from the big picture is that you have a two and a half year old and a seven month old. You're with your seven month old like the vast majority of the time, except for naps and stuff like that. And yeah you're, you feel guilt, you know, there's some sense of guilt, like I should be able to just, I should just never ask for help or, you know, that whole crazy independence thing, which is, I think, hurting us in a lot of ways, actually kind of culturally. But, but you also have grandparents are a 15 minute drive away that you move to be closer to. I mean, kind of right away, I would, if I were just like a prescribing physician, (laughs) (laughs) I would say, Let's see if the grandparents can come like during daylight hours, you know, maybe once or twice a week, just with the with your youngest son, so that you can really have some time where you're like, I don't have to worry about a child waking up. I can actually go for a walk outside. I could go to a a gym and go for a swim, or I could, you know, do just some time that's a little bit away that's a little bit more away from parenting so you can just be Sarah and remember who that is you know and that that could really serve you I think yeah often if if the grandparents are involved it's it's so that I can go and do things like get groceries and run errands so it's it's not it's not so I can be off so to speak do you know what I mean 
Um, and is there would there be a problem with like ordering groceries and having using the time to be off? Would the pa- grandparents have an issue with? It? No, but I would probably find something else to do. That's a, this is the thing. I feel like I need to be productive. Productive. <laughs> okay. Okay. But one of the challenges you're saying is that you're feeling overwhelmed by your son. You want to show up for your son, right? You want to have the space and the ability to give them the parent that, you know, the best parent you can be. And you want to model for them what is living a healthy, balanced life, right? Do you want your sons to feel like they always have to be productive? No. Okay. And why do you feel like that way? I think that's just how I was brought up, raised. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm definitely better than I used to be in terms of giving myself space and grace to just be and not have to do mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but I think a lot of that came from that's how I got love and validation is that mm. you were, you were, you were achieving and you were doing and you mm. were being the good kid and you were, mm. um, you know, so there was no sleeping in on mm. Saturday mornings in our family. It was you get up and you do all the housework. So there wasn't, mm. you know, um, breathing space wasn't a thing. And, and of course my parents were of the culture where, um, you are, you, you do work and you work and you work. And, mm-hmm. and I know like my dad, even in, re- in retirement now struggles with, with finding meaning and purpose because he can't do what he used to be able to do. Right. And yeah. Uh, and on the other side of work, there's like enjoyment of life, but there's also being on this earth, right? That's like, holy moly, we're alive on this earth. It's an amazing miracle. You know, is, like if we is, are yeah. working all the time, it, it, it's good. It's good to work hard. Like, yes. But a lot of the work hard comes from a sense of like, I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy if I'm not working hard, right? Like, because you're sensing that in your own, that kind of underlying message in your own upbringing. Mm-hmm. And so then to see this, well, what is it do I want to pass on to my sons? Uh-huh. Do I want to show, what do I want to show them, right? If I'm if I'm modeling all the time, you have to live what you want them to learn, right? So do you want them to feel like um, they need to be productive all the time? I mean, yeah, you got hockey in the evening. You're watching hockey. That's good. I also great, play hockey but, too. And you play hockey. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, you're playing hockey. Okay, yeah. good. When are you playing hockey? I, I'm not picturing this in the in the schedule of the week. <laughs> uh, so Sunday afternoons, um, I'm part nice. of a women's league. So I leave my boys at home with my husband and that allows me to, or it doesn't allow me. <laughs> I don't need permission from him, mm. but that allows me. Mm. <laughs> that allows me to be able to go and then the odd odd Wednesday evening but they're sleeping so that's easy for him he can do his marking and of course prep okay I go and play okay hockey. so yeah I guess I just want to point out that there's some places to explore a little more leeway in your life because this is the most intensive time of parenting when you have a a two-and-a-half-year-old and a a seven-month-old. When they're really, like, when they're in, like, five and under, it sounds like that's going to be forever, Hunter. What the heck are you talking about? It actually is not going to be forever. But it is the most intensive time as far as, like, intensive, like, 
just minute after minute attentiveness required, right? Um, it things change as they get older, but even in this time, that's I mean, especially in this time that's most intensive, it's you will be able to show up better for them when you have a chance to be you, when you have a chance to have breathing space, when you have a chance to really fill your own cup and really then feel more relaxed, have your nervous system be at ease because you've exercised, you've gotten fresh air, you've had time with friends, supportive family. Like we haven't even talked about have you know, when have you had time with friends, right? But you're in a new place and all that stuff. So like prioritizing those things is actually the, you know, of the foundation. And so I just want to offer that it sounds like there's a pretty, often there's not a real, it's a really like complex and challenging situation to find a, some breathing space for people. But it sounds like for you, there's a 15 minute drive away, some breathing space and a conversation and maybe a, a regular schedule that could be set up where you could carve out a little breathing space and practice having a little more ease that would translate into you being able to be more present for your kids ultimately. Yeah. And I see, I think for me, um, I hear that and I, I wish that for my husband as well. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's part of where the guilt comes in for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he leaves at six in the morning and he gets home at six at night. And then he mm. has dinner, helps, helps with putting the kids to bed and then he starts working again, you know? Uh, and so, um, and, you know, when I carve out space and time for myself and I do things for me, I feel guilty because I mm. see my husband, you know, working so hard and, and I'm like, well, and I'm, and I'm not, con- I'm not contributing to the family in any other way. Right. <laughs> like, um, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, hold on a second. Okay. You taking care of your children is, this is not, not, and taking care of like all the logistics of your living this is not not contributing to the family. That's that's some crazy kind of logic that you have there because it's not a, a paid contribution. Doesn't mean it's not a contribution. I had a my I had friends who t- twelve years no fifteen years ago now they calculated how much money they would have to spend to make up for all the work the wife was doing, staying home with the kids and taking care of all the things. And they calculated 15 years ago, $60,000 a year in U.S. dollars. So I know that's gone up. So yeah, if you need a monetary number for it, I'm sure you can find it, but I really need to push back on that. I'm not contributing to yeah. the family. And I, I, and I know that's like in my head, of course, I know that's true, but I, I do know that I, I feel that sort of viscerally. Um, Okay, so can you work hard enough to help him stop work, working so hard? No. Is is you, you know, just being efficient every second going to help him ma- help him stop working so hard in his new job right now? No. And this is very similar to like, you know, if you have a sick person, you can't make yourself sick enough to make them better, right? Part of it's not that he's sick. I'm just saying, and I, no, that no, maybe that was a bad metaphor for that. But no, I, I you know, like metaphor. your your work has it's not it's not 
you, you can't adjust his work by you working harder or not working harder. So in fact, he needs you even more to be grounded, stable, clear-headed, right? Because mm-hmm. he's going through a tough time himself. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the logical, rational part of me that says, yes, this is why you're doing this, Sarah, so that at least there's one human in this group of four that can be calm mm. mm-hmm. more, more than not. <laughs> and what is the, what is the part that says, oh man, that, that like if you close your eyes and you you kind of touch into that part that says, but wait a second, it feels so wrong. I know. What are, what are, what is that part saying to you? Yeah. That part just says, do more. Don't take a break. Don't take Look a break. at how much your husband is doing. <laughs> how, how dare you rest? Yeah. And I and I think cause it's because I wish it for him, right? It's like I wish that while I'm taking my downtime in the evening, he too could have some downtime. When I'm heading out with a friend, that he too could do the same. And his mm-hmm. his life and schedule does not allow that at the moment. So it's I don't know. And I don't know why that wish for him then just turns into a, I should never turn myself off and take a break from myself. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a common, it's it's not unusual, but... It, it's funny about, like, we talk about modeling, right, with our kids. We know we're not going to drop the F-bomb with our kids for 
couple days because we're going to hear it constantly after that, right? We know that modeling, they do what we do. Um, but the funny thing about modeling is that it works. It's also contagious with the people around us who aren't our kids in some ways. Um, when people ask about mindful parenting and may have a partner who has a totally different style of parenting that, um, you know, it's what I say is like, you know, it's good for, to have at least one person kind of be conscious and mindful and skillful, right? And then uh -huh. what happens a lot of the time is that partner then is like, hmm, they're observing, they're seeing, and then they're like, well, what are you doing? What's happening, uh -huh. right? They're kind of absorbed through osmosis what's happening. And the same thing can happen with like kind of our lifestyles. Like we absorb, you absorbed messages when you were young about you're not really, ex you know, it's unacceptable to, to, to relax. You have to be productive. You know, I, I mean, a lot of us had that, you absorbed that through osmosis and probably direct uh -huh. um, instruction too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also like the reverse can happen in that. Like I remember, um, you know, actually like working is kind of in, there's an example of this. As I started to create my own business, I'd, for, I, I went through a number of years where I was like, okay, I don't want to work on Fridays, not work on Fridays. And I created this, I scheduled everything on the other days and wasn't in, you know, pretty soon my husband was like, I don't want to work on Fridays. What, what are we doing? And we figured out a way for him in his corporate job that he's had for a long time to cut, he, uh. he cut back to, you know, one fifth of his work and doesn't work on Fridays because we would prefer for him to have the time rather than the income. Um, so what I'm saying is that your husband's challenge right now is not something he he's in it. Mm -hmm. But as we would say in mindful parenting, whose problem is it? Not mine. Yeah, it's, it's his problem. And you can be a supporter. And how can you be a supporter best uh -huh. if you're like sane? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when those thoughts come up, of the argument thoughts, the feelings. I want you to stop. I want you to put a hand to your heart and kind of like sit and then say, okay, what am I thinking right now? What is the belief that's driving me right now? Oh, I should, I should be, I should be more productive. And then I want you to say to yourself, okay, put this, this is a way to diffuse from that thought. You say, I'm having the thought that, repeat after me, Sarah, I'm having the thought that. I'm having the thought that I should be more productive. I should be more productive. Or what? How, how would you put it in your thoughts? I think for me, it's I'm having the thought that I should be working because my husband's also working. Okay. So say right? that so it's to you, like, just like... Wait, no, no, no. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Right now, just take a moment to like close your eyes and pause and say the, say I'm having the thought that and that whole thing to yourself, but say it out loud so you can really say it listen out loud. to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm having the thought that I should be working because my husband is working. Okay. Now, when you say it to yourself like that with I'm having the thought that in front of it, does it change your observation response to it i just hear that i i hear my competitiveness 
<laughs> creeping in there as well and maybe that's part of it as well I don't know um but that yeah that that shooting like you know um mm-hmm. I should be doing this because of this is that helpful mm-hmm. is that that way of thinking helpful no I mean like is the way of thinking of saying I should be doing this is that helpful oh um Not, not okay. in the long run. So let's take a step back for a moment. What are your values for what do you, how you want to sh- show up for your boys? If you could snap your finger and I could wave a magic wand, what would the ideal be for showing up for them? Um, I think to show up for them in a way... I wasn't showing up for that could make sense. I got you. When I, I got when you. I was when I was a kid, you know, um, to hold space for their emotions. Um and I I find that challenging. Um because toddler emotions are huge and like, you know, if toddlers were full grown adults, they'd be very very violent human beings, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's good that they're small. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just, you know, the intensity, but wanting be, to be able to hold that and say, I love you. Unconditional you are love. Still I love you. And, and you can kick and you can scream and you can just be you. And that's okay. Um, mm. Because I didn't have that when I was a kid. Mm. And, um, you know, my, my son, I see myself in him when he gets angry and when he throws things and when he, um, cause that's what I did when I was a kid. Um, but that wasn't okay. And that wasn't accepted. Um, you know, and it, it was, it was even spiritualized to the point. Like I remember my mom saying that I was demon possessed at one point. Oh, um, great. I was, Thanks, I was, mom. Because <laughs> I was just raging mad and uh, at what I can't remember, but obviously, um, but that, that stuck with me. And, and so when I feel my temper rising and when I feel anger, um, you know, I almost feel like it's a double flood, right? Because you're flooded with the emotions and then you're flooded with the emotions that were connected with those emotions when you were... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you were younger, um, and uh, yeah, I I, I want to. I want him to not. Well, both my sons, but uh, my oldest right now, because he's he's in the throes of toddlerhood. To to be able to know that that I'm a safe person, mm. and that I'm someone that, no matter what, he could come to. And then I'm not gonna, you know, check out or or reciprocate his or literally demonize his, his anger or demonize or do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And um, yeah. And so to be able to have those that ability and those skills to just to just extend all the grace to him and mercy, knowing that. 
he's two and he's he is being who he's supposed to be right now in this moment and that's okay um because it wasn't okay um for me when I was growing up you know there's an expectation that we had to be somehow Mm. emotionally well, with it at the <laughs> young age. I know, which is nuts, is bananas. Let's take a moment to pause with that. It's, you know, you can see the illogic in it, but there's a lot of deep feelings there. So I want you to just close your eyes, okay? Maybe if it feels good, put a hand to your heart. And I wanted you to just notice what you're feeling in your heart area, in your throat, in your belly. And I wonder if you could kind of describe what are the sensations you're feeling out loud. In relationship to? to yeah, in relation to what you shared as far as your son's anger rising and you wanting to show up and hold space for his emotions and not demonize him. But I just what are the physical yeah, what are the physical sensations you feel in your body? I mean, there's certainly I sort of feel the the tension of those moments and where do you feel the tension? Sort of where I hold all my tension <laughs> in my chest and in my back. <laughs> And in my shoulders. Um, and what does that feel like? Does it feel like tightness, heat, pulsing, pressure? Yeah. It's, it's tightness for sure. Mm. Okay, so we're not going to do anything to change it right now. We're just going to breathe in and out. And I'm just going to ask you, can you let that be for now? Can you be with it? Yeah. And now what are you noticing? What sensations are you noticing in your body? Is it shifting and changing at all? It's definitely shifting. I also took a few deep breaths. So. <laughs> and we're just noticing here. We're not. And what I'm inviting you to do is make yourself so wide, so spacious. Close your eyes. And I want your consciousness to be so wide and spacious that you're looking at these sensations in your body and you're noticing them and you're not fighting them in any way. We're just observing them. So when you can, you, if you can just describe them one more time out loud. What do you feel? So I I was feeling the tension of of want of wanting to be able to show up. Um, and what does that son. feel like? What does that feel like? And where it, do you and feel it, it? And I feel, yeah, I just I feel it. In, in my shoulders, in my chest. Shoulders, chest. So just, just breathing. And once again, can you just let that be for now? 
Yes, it's just there. Okay. Do you find yourself wanting to push it away? I do in the sense that I... Yeah, I think often I do. Okay, that's okay. That's totally normal. in this normal. moment I do. But let's do this. So right now we're just making space for it, right? And this is, we're just breathing. And if you had to name this sensation, you could name it. You know, maybe it's, um, what, you know, what would you name it? A anxiety? Yeah, I, an anxiety. I think there's a fear mm -hmm. as well there. Okay. So are these sensations you're feeling now, are these very different from what you might feel when you get really, when you get into a situation with your son that's intense? Are they so, kind of similar? They're, they're similar, but they're not reflective in any way. Yeah, no, not, that's okay. Like, yeah. You, what do you mean by they're not reflecting? In the sense, like, right, right now we're holding space for them, so they're kind of, yeah. like, in front of me. And you can kind of yeah. have more of an objective. Okay, here's what it is. But in the moment, okay. it's just it's just the bodily sensations, right? It's Yeah. It's not like, here, let's put a name to this, and this is what's going on. No, no, no. That, but that's okay. That's okay. And this is, this is this practice of like kind of being, just bringing your attention and awareness into the physical sensations is really valuable because in those situations, you're going to start to practice to um, not respond <laughs> instantly <laughs> if, as long as no one's in danger um, of being hit and whatnot. And you're going to practice to kind of notice what you feel in those situations, to be self-aware and to be aware of, oh, I feel that tightness in my sh shoulders again. <laughs> I feel that tightness in my chest again. And then I want you to, again, close your eyes now. And you want to be able to hold space for your son's emotions, right? You want to be there. And so he's, let's imagine he's having a big fit or something's going on and you're starting to feel this. You're starting to feel overwhelmed. You're starting to feel intense feelings in your body. You're just going to, you know, take a, a half a second to notice this. And I'm going to imagine, I'm going to invite you to imagine yourself sitting down on the floor or on the couch, whatever a position you might be safe. And I want you to just visualize yourself doing this with me. So take a deep breath in, breathing in, I'm like a mountain. Breathing out, I feel solid. Breathing in, I'm like a mountain. Breathing out, I feel solid. Good. Now you go. Third time. I'm like a mountain. I, I feel solid. And I want you to picture yourself then as you're ready to opening your eyes and responding to your son. Because what our toddlers need, right, is they need us to show up. They need them, they need us to show them how to calm down. They need us to model 
are calming down and they need us to, they name, they need to be able to borrow some of our calm sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to help him calm down, you got to calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's helpful to practice in a tense and somewhat challenging moment. And we kind of parlayed you describing what you want for your son and the intensity you felt around that into, into the feeling, into kind of a place to dive into those feelings in a situation for, for your son. But can you see how that might affect an everyday situation that you would be him with him with? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have, I, on one or two occasions, you know, just sat with him and said, okay, can we all just take a breath? And um, so he'll repeat that line to me sometimes. Mm. Take a breath, mommy. <laughs> um, thanks, buddy. And, yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and I think just taking, having, like you say, if, if no one's in danger, just having permission to leave the situation. Um, yeah, you can leave or you can even do it right there. Yeah. Yeah, because I know uh, with my own upbringing issues, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just leaving my child makes me feel guilty, even if I know I need just five seconds to take a breath or whatever. Um, But, uh, yeah, yeah. If you can do that right there, you sit. You close your eyes, you put a hand on your heart, breathing in, like a mountain, (sighs) breathing out, I feel solid. You know, you can, um, they'll imitate you, A, right? Soon they're going to be breathing in like a mountain and breathing out, they're going to feel solid. Um, And you can do other things like that. But but you're then putting yourself in a place to use your whole brain, (laughs) right? We haven't even talked about the biology, right? Of being able to access your prefrontal cortex, your verbal ability, your problem solving ability, all that stuff. Like all of that helps you to access all of that. So you can respond more thoughtfully to a situation and think clearly, like what needs is my son trying to meet right now? Or, you know, get curious. I wonder what's driving him to do this right now. I wonder if he needs to Jump on a trampoline <laughs> or go outside in <laughs> negative 30 degree weather with his toucan. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah. but yeah, um, but you'll not only you'll be able to access your whole brain, but you'll also be modeling for him. And then if he's in a situation where he needs help calming down, because he's only two and a half, he doesn't have the ability a lot of times right. to All right. you know, he certainly doesn't like have the ability to calm himself down very easily, then you can, you know, hmm, okay, you can get curious. I wonder what you're needing right now. And you can, you haven't even gotten to these modules yet, but in module five, we'll talk about, you'll, you'll reflect back. You'll acknowledge what's going on with him. You'll say, oh, you're, I wonder, you look, seem really upset because, ah, whatever. And Mm -hmm. you might say, yeah, ba, 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 ba. Oh, yeah. And, and, you didn't like it when your brother crawled on your toy. No, I didn't. Oh, that sounds frustrating. Maybe you can, do you want to come get a nice big hug from mommy? Right. Or whatever. Um, so you can start to 
see maybe what he needs a little bit more and, and respond more thoughtfully to him. But okay. also, as you start to get curious, right? Curiosity is the opposite of judgment. Right. Yeah. You were given so much judgment. You That's what, not what you want, right? You are not mm-hmm. wanting to layer on the blame and the judgment for him. You're wanting to be curious. So when you can, then you can get curious about what he needs. And if I have been able to have, yeah, and I have been able to have a, a few of those those moments where I've been able to say to him, you know, it seems like, <laughs> and I don't always get it, but at least it's not a, um, a reaction to reaction sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you, before you get to those modules, you have the 101 skillful responses in the workbook. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've discovered that. I forget what page it's on, but you can look at those. But um, but you have also have your mindfulness practice now. So when you sit like this and you breathe, your body's like, oh, I remember this. We did this this morning. Mm-hmm. I can come back. And I can be with this and I can hold space for that. But a mindfulness practice isn't always about calming down. What we did just a moment ago was mindfulness of some challenging feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And it really is the, it's kind of like bodyfulness because yeah. it's not about analyzing it cognitively. You know, it was like, well, where do you feel in your body? What mm-hmm. do you feel? And it's, and kind of going into those physical sensations is the path through mm-hmm. the, the path of processing. And that's where no one wants to go. But you have a mindfulness practice and you are a super Anglican and you are <laughs> brave and can go there. <laughs> <clears throat> these are, you know, what's interesting is that these are, these are ancient practices, right? These are, the Anglicans have had them as well for centuries. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun sort of making the, the connections to your work and, and to my vocation. Uh, that is like another conversation that I would love an email about. Like, tell me what are the Anglican practices? Because I'm really curious. You could write me <laughs> an email about that. I would be totally. The other thing I wanted, but I want to check in. Is this something that you can imagine yourself practicing at home? Yes, absolutely. And I think... Um, taking taking that beat to to do it there in that moment i guess mm-hmm. that's never something that's crossed my mind um it's kind of you do the mindfulness practice you know when you have five or ten minutes when their kids are not around um but not actually accessing it in the moment and bringing it into that moment as something for them to model or to model and to eventually be modeled i really like that actually um because that never really crossed me. I, I sort of like, I'll just, I'll go meditate later and think about what I did, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but that's well, we have helpful. more, we have more practice for this. Like you have access to the stop yelling formula. So we have more practice for this, like guided meditation for this and the stop yelling formula. Um, and the other thing I would offer for you is thinking about you guys being inside with excitable boys and you guys being two introverts. Um, is that um, it might be a nice time for you to embrace some rough and tumble play, Sarah, 
just want to offer this as a suggestion. It's really good for girls and boys. It's really good for kids. It can be really fun. It can be very empowering. Um, We have some stuff about it in Mindful Parenting, but there's more about it in Lawrence Cohen's Playful Parenting, which I recommend. But um, so yeah, that might be nice, a nice way to connect physically and get all those like physical yayas out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, and then, so, you know, so that way you can honor both sides, right? It's not always Mm -hmm. about calming down. It's also about we are physical beings, but yeah. that Definitely I just wanted to kind of. Most of the games my son wants to play involve rough and tumble play. So yeah, I, I'm not. That's, that's how I get my daily dose of exercise. <laughs> okay, so let's just <laughs> recap. So we talked about your, you know, you had you said you have an inner control freak and you want to kind of control your sons yet that's sort of part of you. And the other part of you is like, I want to have space for their emotions, right? I want to hold space for all their emotions. And you're looking at your upbringing and those places that where you were controlled and you can see how these patterns are trying to reproduce themselves in you. And you're saying, hold on a second. And it's okay that it's, it takes some time and some practice. So, but we talked about, your weekly schedule and your kind of self-care and maybe uh, offer, I would invite you to offer yourself permission to have more ease in a really challenging time so that way you can show up for your kids and your husband uh, the best you can be. And that's not going to be through a hundred percent efficiency. <laughs> you are a human being, not a machine. And, um, and then we talked about, those holding space for the emotions and kind of practice doing that. So from all these things today, Sarah, what is your biggest takeaway? Um, My biggest takeaway, I think, is the holding holding space um, and the holding space also in the moment Um, and taking the skills that I'm learning. and bringing them into those those tense moments, um, and well, after this, practicing that, I'm sure there'll be a moment today. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, just seeing seeing where that takes us. I think that'll be uh, really interesting to to see what my reaction is and what my son's reaction is sort of in a moment like that um because you know you can you can see it in their eyes they're just they're watching you like they're like okay what's what's gonna be reaction what's gonna happen you know um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and as you practice um you have permission to be human Sarah <laughs> And you have permission to not be 100% perfect because you're not going to be, you know, we're all human and we all make mistakes and that's okay. It's just about begin again, begin anew, give yourself some grace and practice. And you can, you can start to shift and change bit by bit. I was just saying, I love that, that (laughs) the begin again and the beginner's mind, um, it's, it's, um, connects into uh, what we believe about baptism, that every day is a new day to, to mm-hmm. begin again 
and to be beginners in our in our walk. Yeah. In their journey of life. So I love that. Um yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look at that. You snuck yeah. in an Anglican <laughs> parallel. Yes. I love it. It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, this has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. And thank you uh, for the work that you do. Uh, It's very helpful for me and as I've heard for others as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful for you. I would love to know if it was helpful for you. And a great way to let me know is to leave an Apple podcast um, rating and review. And I just want to give a sh- big shout out to Mama 3 Emily, who left a five-star review and said the podcast is life-changing. Thank you, Emily. She says, listening to this podcast has really changed my parenting style for the better and greatly improved my joy in life. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. So awesome to hear. It just makes my world. So thank you so much, Emily. If and if you have a if you haven't left a review, please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, leave us a Spotify review if you listen there, wherever you listen. And it is just the greatest gift you can give me and my team who work on this podcast. Uh, so hard. So thank you so much. And like I've been saying, it's an awesome start to 2023. We have so many great conversations. And next week is no different. We're gonna have an awesome conversation. And so make sure you're subscribed and you're there. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of this movement. High five to you. And um, I hope you get some relaxation and peace and ease and all of that this week. And I can't wait to connect with you again soon. Namaste. I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I had this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. 
you'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.